Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the PHLY Sixers podcast, coming to you live from the endlessly accommodating and wonderful Colorado State University. How you doing, Kyle? Well, we also have to thank our friends at Restoration we 360 do. for you know getting us out here to this wonderful campus. But repairing yeah. everything from mold damage to Sixers <laughs> relationships. Yes. But yeah, uh, big shout out to the people at CSU who have been kind enough to let us, you know, work, operate, set up a, a real remote studio basically yeah. here on their campus so been very nice of them to do that very accommodating happy to be here we had a whole bunch of news today mostly about joel Embiid, who made his decision uh, on who he will play for with the olympics it's not a full commitment that would come later on in the um summer but if he does play it will be for team uh, team usa he met with Grant <laughs> You're Hill. about to say team olympics i, I did you, there. I did. <laughs> you don't have to point every mistake out kyle jeez <laughs> He didn't make that commitment. Uh, he spoke with Grant Hill about that, uh, and that was announced this morning. He spoke about it at length during or after uh, practice today. A lot of the quotes came down to, you know, basically this was a family decision. His son was born in the United States as a U.S. citizen. He's now a U.S. citizen. Obviously, he spent a good chunk of his adult life uh, over here in the United States. Obviously, feels a connection to that. I guess what were your overall thoughts on the decision that he made, uh, the reason he came to sort of arrive at that conclusion uh, and the way he expressed it. Yeah, so I, I alluded to this in the, we did a quick hit from the court earlier right after practice. And I said, you know, I'm not the most patriotic or even like interested in the Olympics type of guy. But I think it is cool to see someone like Joel, who, you know, he came over here as a wide-eyed teenager, mm -hmm. didn't speak as much English then. Yep. And, you know, he's built this life and this great career here. He's started a family here. And he's setting roots down here. And so, look, I know it's easy to say, like, the the romantic thing would have been, I'm going to play for Cameroon right. and, and him and Siakam and, you know, whoever else they can put together on that team that they can represent their home country with pride. But I do think it's cool that Joel is now, like, this is my home country. Yeah. This is where I live. This is where my son, this is going to be what he grows up saying is his home and where he's from. And so... Look, I believe that because if you listen to Joel talk about his family and the importance of leaving a legacy for his son, I think he thinks about this stuff basically all the time. 
And so I was not shocked to hear that, you know, maybe it's spin, maybe it's some PR to dress up that he's joining yeah. a super team or whatever. But I do think that's absolutely a part of his calculus. I think it was cool to hear that. Yeah, and I mean, he admitted that part of it was that, you know, the Team USA is guaranteed to make it, whereas Cameroon still has to qualify. That was a small part of it, but let's be honest. If Joel Embiid plays in the qualifying, like, they're probably going to figure it out. But, you know, it is his home now. It's been his home for quite a while. His sons might grow up. Imagine, like, an angry Joel Embiid son being an angry Philly sports fan. (laughs) Uh, I almost hope that he gets traded just so we can spare his son from the, the, you know, demoralizing losses that he would suffer if he stays here. But... You know, it does certainly seem genuine. It would be cool to see him play. You know, this is probably the one time in his career where he's at that level where he's, you know, um, a veteran and knows all the tricks of the trade. Before he started, you start getting worried about maybe injury or aging concerns. This is the perfect time for him to do so. Um, it'll be great to see him do it next year. You hope that there's maybe a little consideration that he had such a long playoff run that he's worried about working too much in the summer. That would be a great problem to have, uh, and we'll deal with that when we get to it. But I think this was, pro- you know, like you said, you might want to romanticize the possibility of Cameroon. Um, but I also understand that this is a place that not only has, you know, big pull on his heartstrings, but also is a, I mean, they're going to be a hell of a team. Yeah. Well, and so that's, he kind of gets to be the conquering hero now, right? I think it, there was some reporting after the Embiid news came down that Bam Adebayo will probably also be on Team USA. And, Big men were a huge problem for Team USA at the World Cup. So having Joel and Bam, who, you know, two of the best bigs in the entire league, I think that's a a big jolt for the program. And you and I have talked about this a bunch, Derek, over the last few weeks because we're deep in the offseason. I just think this is a great experience for Joel to be around. Like everyone looks at the recruiting angle. I get it. That's a really important thing. I think it's as important, if not more important, that he's going to be around like legitimate legends of basketball and guys like Steph yeah. Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, these guys who have been at the absolute apex of the profession. And he will go into next season. Now that's a long way away. We don't know what's going to happen with the Sixers between now and then. Maybe he grows uh, dissatisfied with what's going on here, but imagine a world where Joel is coming off, you know, a month, month and a half of, high-level, high-intensity basketball with some of the best to ever do it. And that gives him a great runway into next regular season. So I know that's a ways off right now. But I think if you're looking at it from a long-term perspective, and Nick Nurse has been involved in international play before, he said the same thing. He's like, look, I think it's basically always a good experience for these guys to get out there and get like good reps during a time when they would just be playing pickup games or doing off-season workouts. So... I think this is great for Joel, and if there's any recruitment benefit, certainly that's you know that's an added bonus on top of all of this. And also, just from a purely selfish standpoint, those summer months can be lean. You really have to stretch to find something to talk about. We get some great content out of it. Hey, buddy, I texted Derek earlier <laughs> this morning. I was like, we got to start putting together a content plan to sell all city on us going to Paris next summer. So we'll see if we can make that happen. I'm not, I won't count my chickens. At but the very least, we will have meaningful basketball to talk about. Yes. So, yeah, that was the big, big headline today. It seemed like everybody other than Mo Bamba was excited for Joel. <laughs> Mo came over to the scrum today and joked that he was upset that Joel was not going to suit up for the Ivory Coast. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, the mm-hmm. Ivory Coast is one of the countries outside of the U.S. I have some jerseys for because okay. I was a big Didier Drogba fan back okay. in the day. 
despite the fact that he played for a rival of the club team that I root for. So I'll show some love to the Ivory Coast. I don't think I have any uh, ties there, so they won't let me on the team. But Mo, I, I can wave a towel and sit on the end of the bench if you need some moral support. We'll see. You know, and Embiid did mention, you know, this was something that obviously there was that, that deadline that France imposed on him. Uh, October 10th, they wanted a decision by. That was part of it. He also said he just wanted to sort of like get this decision out of the way so he didn't have to talk about it so much uh, when the season started. You know, obviously there's been speculation about this for most of last year. So he has that sort of, you know, settled. There were a lot of French reporters who were beating yeah, down the door yeah. in press conferences. Obviously, I only know very limited French, but it was always about Team USA and or Team USA, Les <laughs> <laughs> Blues, I should say. And At least getting you call it Team Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's close. I was the one with the edibles today. I don't know. I can't explain <laughs> that one. But I'm sorry, you're going to say something. No, I feel like I cut go, you off. Go right ahead. No, I mean, I, 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 I'm just. I'm, I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for fans that they get to watch it because the Olympics aren't always a must-see event if you're not invested in it. Um, and by invested, I mean like locally invested, not just nationally invested. Uh, and I do think international ball is is fun to watch, especially when you have the you know competitors at the highest level participating in it. So it will be a, it'll be a great summer. I think it'll dovetail nicely too with what we've been hearing about how the the Sixers are setting up their offense, and it's more of a free-flowing, ball-sharing, get-up-and-down type of offense. Everybody touches the ball. I think after this season, Joel will be somewhat prepared for that style. Now, obviously, playing with Steph and LeBron is a little different yeah. than maybe – And we love Tyrese Maxey here. but And we love Seth Curry, but it's yeah. the other Curry. It's yeah. the other – the Hall of Fame, all-time leading three-point shooter, Steph Curry. So – yeah, I think it's he's going to be able to transition into that nicely. And I think, look, if if this reason or this season is more of a retool year for the Sixers and they're not in that contention group, he can then build off of what he learns playing alongside, being just part of a machine with Team USA rather than everything's got to be all Joel all the time running through him. And so I think that in itself will be a good experience. Yeah, well, Joel Embiid, who's bracing ball and player movement, as we'll get to a little later on in the show. Before that, a quick word from Restoration 360. And again, thank you very much for Restoration 360 for sponsoring this trip. Two thumbs up. Out to Colorado State. When disaster strikes, call the company that cares. Restoration 360, your trusted partner in restoration and recovery. No job too big or small. Fire, water, mold. No matter the damage, we're here to make it right. Call Restoration 360 today at 215-273-3592 or visit our website at restoration360.com for more information. Restoration 360, we're here for you every step of the way. Fast, experienced, dependable, available 24-7 because disasters don't wait. Call now at 215-273-3592 or visit them online at restoration360.com. I really think it's just the way you say we're here for you. I cannot get the succession episode and clip out of my head. I honestly, I, I barely even, there are so many memorable moments of that show. That one just hasn't really stuck with me like that. I have a, a meme folder, quote right. unquote, in my phone. I would say 25% of it is screenshots from right. succession episodes. So my brain is like full. No, I mean, if, if I do a, a, a succession meeting, it's just going to be telling you to fuck off well, a million there's, times. There's a lot of those. So, yeah. uh, so we wanted to get into today. It was a big theme of today's media availability was the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. for the Sixers. And I know that the headline there's, there's of the show. There's two things that came out of it. Aggressive defense and shitting on Doc Rivers. I mean, we'll get to that. It's the Doc Rivers shade show has been basically 
all week. But setting aside the Joel Embiid chasing blocks portion of it, which Nick has been talking about that a lot during the offseason, today he was talking about you know what they're instilling right now and maybe how they're working up to schemes. They're really starting from the base level with how these guys want to play. And so I'm going to read you guys a quote that we got today. So Nick said, I do have some ideas of some things we're going to try. Haven't really put any of that stuff in yet. You know, I see Danny Green over there. I remember Danny and Kawhi getting mad at me the first time in Toronto because they were wondering, when are we going to do something? And I'm just taking my time trying to build, let's get back, let's pressure the ball, high hands, building a lot of the foundational stuff right now. But he goes on to say, I am going to look at one thing tomorrow that I think suits this team so why don't you check back with me tomorrow? So that's a nice little tease from Nick Nurse, yeah. and we'll see what day four of training camp brings. But and we'll see how open he is at actually talking about that new wrinkle he's added. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that would be that's an important message of this week is that Nick's not coming in and saying, "All right, here's the scheme." He's coming in and saying, "We have to start back from right. ground zero. Like this is Nick Nurse basketball." We're going to play aggressively. We're going to get up and down the floor. We're going to share the ball. And I'm going to empower you to be as reckless and risky and aggressive as probably any of these guys want to. And the feedback that we've heard from the players so far is that they're fired up for this. Like they're, they're excited to play that way. Yeah. No, and he, you know, he mentioned a little bit that he has a lot of athleticism and length on the wings like he did in Toronto. I'll push back a little bit. He does, but none of them are necessarily penciled in as like core rotation players like Oubre and, you know, Paul Reed and Jaden Springer. Yeah, they fit that sort of Toronto mold, but we don't necessarily know how much you're going to get out of them or how much playing time they're going to earn. So we'll see how that works out and we'll see how he adjusts if those players don't necessarily leave the mark that he's hoping to. We did have another good shooting day from Paul Reed. Again, I don't believe any shots in an open gym. But I guess it's better if they're going in than if they're not. So we'll Again, like we said yesterday, I think one of the more notable things is that in these post-practice shooting competitions they're having, it's like him and Danny Green or him and Tyrese Maxey or him and guys that we know can shoot and are being empowered to shoot in games. So I think by pairing him yep. with all those guys, that is a, a tell in and of itself. And I definitely do agree that he will empower them. Also, shout out to Guy Russell in the chat mentioning that this is the first time you're not sitting at a 45-degree yeah, okay, so I disagree. Audio. You weren't doing it Tuesday and Wednesday as well. <laughs> but those chairs in, in, in the studio are comfortable, all right? Like, for our audio-only folks, Guy says, congrats to Kyle for sitting straight in a chair. I swear he's at a 45-degree angle 90% of the time. Here's the joke, guy. I am not even sitting straight up. I have the tall guy slouch. I'm like 6'3-ish on a good day, I guess. Depends on the measuring tape that We're you're definitely using. definitely the tallest uh, team at, at, at PHLY. At PHLY, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's why if we lost a 2-on-2 basketball or a 3v3 even with Devon or Rich, I'd be pretty ashamed that we didn't win it. But, yeah, I just that's just kind of my natural slouching yeah. position. It, that's That's how it goes, but... There will be no slouching on defense in a Nick Nurse team. I'll <laughs> yes. tell you that much. No, de uh, defense was definitely a very big focus. A big part of that also was on Joel Embiid. Uh, once again, he was asked, um, Joel Embiid this time was asked pretty directly about, you know, Nick says he wants you blocking more shots. How do you feel about that? Then Nick Nurse was, was asked a follow-up question. What what did you hear from Nick Nurse on uh, on Embiid chasing blocks? Uh, he 
basically said there is no line that I'm going to set for Joel. That what was the exact quote that was really risky, yeah, really he, aggressive. He wants him reckless, something more really yeah. reckless. And I think some people hear that and say Joel is going to play 20 games and then suffer. And, and it, knock on wood, obviously we hope this doesn't happen. Suffer an injury. Chasing blocks doesn't mean he has to be like running into stands. In fact, that's pretty yes. much putting you out of position to chase blocks. But I get the concern that if he's leaving his feet too much, he doesn't always land on those same feet. So I think there's a difference between Joel charging down the floor for a chase down block and Joel just jumping at a lot of stuff and saying, I'm going to go after this because I have protection on the back end, help with rebounding, things of that nature. And I know Joel, after practice today, was very happy about being at the top of the blocks leaderboard. That was a... A point of pride for he him. He was, but he also gives, like, he, he's always kind of pushed back on, I need to block more shots. And quite frankly, he pushed back a little bit today in practice as well. Here's a quote from him. I've always believed that being a good defender is not just blocking shots and getting a lot of steals. Yeah. The best defenders are solid. They do their job. They don't allow shots. They intimidate the opposing team. And that's what, and he then goes on to basically complain about awards and how we only focus on blocking steals and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, but he then says defense is much more than that. You got to have a high basketball IQ, which he's correct. Yep, you've got to know where to be positioned just to make that first. Uh, to make that first of all, they don't get make sure that first of all they don't get in the paint and that they don't even attempt a shot um, because they're scared of do so. So he, he basically said like, yeah, I'm happy I led the team in blocks, but also defense is a whole lot more. And I don't think that's necessarily him pushing back against Nick Nurse for wanting to go after blocks. I think it's just acknowledgement that he has that like. He probably feels like his defense is underrated because he hasn't had those counting stats and he's trying to do all the rotational things and his shot deterrence things that uh, he feels he needs to. I would imagine some of that is how he's seen Jaron Jackson Jr. talked about over the last year where he's far out in front leading the league in blocks and wins defensive player of the year and the, the per minute impact stuff is what it is. And then you get to the playoffs and he doesn't have, you know, a burly center like Steven Adams right. next to him. And he has a lot of issues in the playoffs because of that. He plays for Team USA. He's in constant foul trouble. And so to Joel's point, there is way more to defense than simply blocking shots. We've seen over and over again the biggest value that Joel offers is that there are times when guys start driving, they see him slide over mm -hmm. and they they think better of it. They kick it out. They reset the offense, and that stalls them for, you know, we could say three to six seconds. And in a 24-second shot clock environment, that's super meaningful. So, yes, of course, just blocking shots is not enough for Joel. And we have some commenters pushing back saying, has Nick Nurse ever heard of foul trouble? Nick Nurse is not telling Joel to go out there and just, like, try to decapitate people but under the rim. I think the whole premise of the defense, as far as we understand it, is that the guards and the wings are going to play up. They're going to play aggressive. They're going to blitz and hedge, and they're going to be right up in these guys' faces. And that's going to bring a lot of downhill, whether it's a rim runner, whether it's a driver, a lot of players to Joel. And Nick is okay with him going and chasing more block shots instead of we've seen in the past. So sometimes he just will look up right. and turn around and wait for yeah. the rebound. He wants one to go after it. Yeah, look, in the past, in part because this team has been a brutal defensive rebounding team, he has let shots go up without challenging him to, to make sure he's still in, in rebounding position. Now, he didn't do a good enough job of that last year because he let shots go up and he still didn't work hard enough to get back in defensive rebounding position. Yes. That was maybe the one legitimate grab you could make about him for much of the regular season last year. So, 
So I think there's going to be a little bit like, does he really trust his teammates to clean up the glass? But I think what he's saying is if you chase more blocks and you will deter more shots, it's not an either or. I think he just wants him being more aggressive in the pursuit of contesting shots, not necessarily just getting those numbers. Yeah, there's a balance to everything, right? When Nick says risky and reckless and aggressive, it's not just, right. hey, we're going to commit our four fouls stupid. that we can give yeah. in the first two minutes of a quarter. It's, it's not that. It's, hey, DeAnthony Melton, you have length, you're athletic, you can create turnovers. I'm going to empower you to jump into passing lanes and things. And there was a thigh ball mention within the chat. I think he probably would have loved playing yeah. in this style of defense. Now, the shooting is what it is. And Derek and I were no big fans of the offensive impact that he had before leaving. But, yeah, so I think you have to look at it like that. It's That's the recklessness. Hey, he might... You might get beat back door on a cut every once in a while because of that. There are going to be some pain points as a result of this. But I think Nick's philosophy is that the gains that you get, the transition play that you can get, is going to be worth it. And unlike in Toronto, where that was basically all they had to create offense, right? The difference now is he's going to bring that aggressive approach that got the Raptors out and running and got them some, quote-unquote, easy points in transition – and then you still have one of the ultimate half-court weapons in Joel. You have Maxi. Maybe you have Harden, who we're going to get to in a minute, I think. And you just have way more. It's a, a much more diverse scoring team in that way because yeah. of how you're going to set up on defense. Yeah. No, they should have a lot more diversity than Toronto had just because they have a lot more offensive firepower. And it's a weird thing to say. But like you mentioned, they had to, you know, gamble so much to create turnovers, get out and transition to really prioritize getting early buckets um, that I think that probably compromised them at times. I mean, Toronto was a team where like, if you could just solve their perimeter trapping and, and scheming, you could, you could get open shots pretty consistently. I think there's a balance here in Philly that Nick can find. Absolutely. So let's take a quick break to talk about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Things are heating up in the ballpark. Every team playing to finish the season strong, make it into the playoffs. But Hey, I know everybody at home is excited. The Phillies are in the NLDS. They are potentially going to beat the Braves. We're hoping they beat the Braves. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets, betting just $5 on baseball. And all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, where you string together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age rise by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right. So, I think uh, I think maybe the only other thing I had in terms of their defense was how much Joel Embiid talked about their offensive changes. Again, another sort of clear delineation with Doc Rivers. But basically, uh, and I'll, I'll find the quote here while you're talking, but basically saying that if they have more ball movement, if there is more player movement, if more players are touching the ball and initiating, 
they will be more committed defensively because they're sort of getting those touches. So I, I, I think, you know, and look, Joel Embiid says this is how he always wanted to play and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> If you're talking maybe about a little bit of a white lie yeah, on that yeah, yeah. one. <laughs> talking about offensive stagnation, Joel is certainly a part of that. So I think he's going to have to adapt if he truly you – know, it's one thing to believe that. It's another thing how you react to it You know, when the game's and on. And live it, yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that happens. But at least he's saying the right things. So I think I always like when Joel or one of the other main players makes me feel smart when I say something to the effect it takes a of, lot of work. Yeah. Well, listen, it, it doesn't happen every day. So you got to savor these moments, but I think Joel's basic point, which you and I have talked about a bunch on the show is that when you see the teams that go deep into the playoffs and win at a high level, they're teams that have built a culture of sacrifice and sharing. And there's a level of buy-in that honestly is very hard to create if it's just two guys or even one guy dominating the ball. And when the star player, the franchise guy goes cold, there is not that spine, that backbone of, all right, everybody else is going to pick him up, pick them up because they're not in the flow of the offense. You can't just go from, Hey, Joel has a 38% usage rate in the playoffs to, Hey, we need De'Anthony Melton to go out and score 20 points tonight or whoever it is. Someone can't pick up the slack if they're not regularly asked to be a part yep. of that. And that's a it's a switch that you can't just flip on and off. It has to be at the foundation level for your team. And so I've been excited to hear these guys talking about it. I know I think people at home are probably more excited just to hear Doc Rivers get torched yeah. by these guys, essentially. But to me... And I, Joel said as much today, Derek, you're going to share the quote with us. I just think that this is how basketball needs to be played for a team that has any real aspirations. Yep. Uh, on, on the ball movement, uh, we all love it. I think this is the best way to win and always believe that. I never like the idea of just being a scorer. I like to do everything on the basketball court. I want to be a playmaker. I want to score. I want to get my guys involved. He then goes on to say it's fun playing that way. With the ball moving side to side, everybody touching it. But that means everybody's happy. And most importantly, on the other end, everybody does their job. So he's, he's drawing a pretty clear through line there between ball movement um, and being involved in the offense and giving more effort defensively. I think that's certainly true. I think it's something that the, uh, Daniel House mentioned the other day. Uh, certainly when you're a role player, you want to do more than just stand in the corner and shoot open threes. Yeah. Now it'll be incumbent upon Joe to actually follow through with that when the game's going on, when there's a pressure, when when you know, people are criticizing him if he only, only scores 22 in a, in a certain game. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's easy to say it now. It's tougher to follow through with, especially when you have the expectations that he does. But I agree with him. I think it's better if they play that way. We'll see. What, and, and, and this is an area where James, if he's on the team, it, that's not his strength either. So we'll see how everyone reacts to it. It's just the human nature side of sports, right? Like guys want to feel like they're involved. It doesn't yeah. have to, this doesn't like, can mean. Can you imagine if like I came out here and you spoke 90% of the time, <laughs> well, you'd call to me. I'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I'd tune you out a long time ago. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So look, this doesn't mean house is going to be running offense or taking 15 shots a game. But he's going to be involved in to be a clear, lot more plays. If House takes 15 shots a game, I will criticize House and I will <laughs> criticize Nick Nurse. Don't worry about that. It just means like, look, there's there's DHOs and these guys are knowing that they're getting the ball coming off of one of those. And then it's moving to somebody else. There's a back cutter and they're all it's all just moving machinery instead of, hey, we run the first pick and roll. Joel has the ball at the elbow and yep. that's where it stops. Mm -hmm. And 
if you see some of the footage from practice, which I think uh, Marissa has some of it over there, there is a clip of James Harden being involved in all of this. And to your point, Derek, he's probably, if he's not the biggest culprit, he's the biggest culprit it, he, in the league. I was going to say, yeah. he's, it's one a one B with, okay. So this is maxi, which this is a whole different thing. That's right. weird. Okay. So James being involved in these weaves that they're running and, and passing amongst teammates. And it's not a lot of, obviously in a practice, James is not going to burn 20 seconds of shot clock. But seeing him show up and get involved with all the, the different looks they're running, Tobias coming off a screen, I just think that what we're seeing and what we're hearing about this team early on is all to the positive. Sure, as you would sort of as expect. As you would expect. But was certainly up in the air considering everything going on with the James Harden and the cloud that he had put over the franchise. Um, I think it's probably worth pointing out here that James Harden was not in a full participant practice again today. Yes. He was not playing in the full five-on-five -five live scrimmages, but he's pretty much doing everything up until that point. Uh, the only thing holding him back is really the reintegration program, whatever, with the strength and conditioning and working with James and where he feels and just getting him back up to speed. Nick Nurse says he expects it to be soon. So we have a comment from Money Mar that the ball always finds the star player in crunch time. I wouldn't worry about it too much down the stretch. Mm, except I, for last year with James. But... I would say I agree with that, but I also think, look, star players get doubled down yep. the stretch and star players are going to see exotic coverages, especially in important playoff games. And if the other guys are involved in the offense, even if, it, if Joel can still score 40 in a game without dominating the ball like that, and if the other guys are involved and the ball swings their way in a big moment, it's a lot more likely that they're going to make the shot nope. if they've been involved in the rest of the game. And more importantly, as Joel brought up, they're bought in on defense. Like, yep. If guys are not involved on offense, it's easy to say it's still their job. They need to get back and they need to play defense. But that's hard, man. When you don't touch the ball for – you're in the game for eight minutes and you don't touch it for six minutes or yeah. seven minutes of that eight minutes – you're not like human nature says you're not going to give your 100% best effort on the other end of the floor. And when we talk about, you know, better ball movement and distribution, it's not so much shots. All the shots will play a part. Like we've both been on record. We wouldn't mind Joe scoring a little less, taking fewer shots. But it's about, you know, how long you have the ball, how frequently the ball is moving, um, how you're able to, you know, get the defense out of position. It's not just overall field goal attempts, it's not even like usage rate. It's more than that. Yeah. So I think they're off to a good start there. I'm very interested to see whatever these concepts are that Nick is alluding to on the defensive side that we're mm -hmm. hopefully going to learn a little bit more about on Friday before they head up to Boston for the first preseason game, which again, just kills me that Boston <laughs> is the first game, but yeah, it's all encouraging and the doc slander is honestly just unbelievable. Like every single day we walk in and it's not really a question about doc. It's more, Hey, what kind of impact is Nick leaving so far? And it ends up being like, man, I didn't want to play that way. Or boy, he really fucked this shit up. Right. So it's over and over. That's one of the key themes of camp is these guys held their tongue on doc for quite a while, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fair to say? It is definitely fair to say. <laughs> Got some Jalen McDaniels shout-outs from Nico in the comments. I, yeah, that was a weird one this summer, I think. 
that Which they one? just kind of let him walk. He didn't exactly get a big deal. In no, but I think I think Toronto. I do wonder if maybe if the Harden situation, like let's say Harden doesn't opt in, they give him like a three-year deal. They're not looking at cap space as their last hope next year. Maybe that would have been a different decision. I don't know because yeah. he got he got two guaranteed years, right? Did he? I think the second year is guaranteed. I I should I know this. Like seven million, well, I think something. Anyway, yeah, it, it wasn't a ton of money, but you know they're, they're saving every dollar, and it also, all matters for the long term yeah, stuff. I think they just didn't trust him as a shooter and a playoff contributor too. I would have liked to see him under Nurse yeah. rather yeah, than Doc because I do think he kind of fits the the Nurse mold maybe more than the Doc River setup. Yep, but I agree. Neither here nor there. Uh, we'll take a quick break to talk about our friends at Game Time. Phillies are going to be in the NLDS now, guys. So I know you guys are going to be scrambling potentially for tickets. I've already seen some expensive ticket prices quoted elsewhere. And the one thing I can tell you is that you can get tickets with through the Game Time app and you can know that you're getting them at the best possible price. And you can get it up to the last minute with killer deals on the Phillies, but also the Eagles, Sixers coming up and all kinds of other different events. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for good reason. Get images of your seat before you buy. You know exactly what to expect when you arrive. No bad seats at the bank, but still nice to see before you get there. And you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets get sent directly to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. That's pretty awesome. And snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code PHLY. $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, I think Harden is probably the other big looming thing. He's technically, he's the big looming thing. 30 minutes through the show, and we barely even mentioned him. And that, look. He's a part of the team. It's a nice break, He's right? He's a big part of the team, but we've been talking about him a lot, and it was nice to have a change up here. Yeah, but listen, the news is the news. He sure. is, he I'm, is just, a I'm central... not saying it was wrong to talk about him. I'm just saying it's nice not to talk too much about him. Uh, yeah, so I would say because of the Team USA stuff and because James has, by all accounts, just been normal. professional yeah. and normal since he got here, there were not as many James-related questions today. As Derek has already alluded to, we were told that physically he's not all there yet. He did not participate in maybe the, I guess it was like the scrimmage portion of practice, which wasn't extended or anything, but that was the portion that he missed. And the medical team seems to be pretty confident that he's scaling up well and he'll be fully involved soon. Now, obviously the looming question at the time or right now is will this continue? And sure. I think, Derek, we've had conversations with all kinds of different people. Nobody this knows. Point. It's amazing how many people you can talk to. And I've never talked to this many people and have them all give the exact same answer, answer which is nobody has any idea how long this is going to last. It's a whole lot of talk to me tomorrow, talk to me next week. Talk to me in an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, down to that minuscule amount of time. And so... I wish that we had, you know, definitive answers for you guys. Is this just James is back now and things are good? Will he get traded tomorrow? It's really difficult to say because whether you're talking to the Sixers, you're talking to people close to Harden, 
I don't think anybody truly has a handle on how this is going to unfold. I think to me, the key points are still the same where he's on good terms with his teammates. Yep. Everything is above board as it relates to them. And I do think we've been given indication that there've been productive talks with Nick nurse and, mm -hmm. you know, buying into his vision for the team. Obviously that's really important. There was some, you know, mixed chatter about his relationship with Doc and how yep. things shook out there. But I would even really say mixed. It's <laughs> leaning pretty heavily in one direction. For sure. I so. will never forget the answer that he gave uh, after. Uh, I, I say that, but I don't actually know the exact words. But it was so obviously like, get this dude the F out of here after Game 7 in Boston. Yeah. That, yeah, I think we can say that comfortably. Yeah, so I, I think the the starting point for James and Nick in a good place, I think there was at least some level of familiarity because... Nick was at least in the Houston organization yep. while James was there. So there's a little bit of a connection there. I don't want to overstate that, certainly, because Rio Grande is not the Houston Rockets proper, but they're at least familiar with one another. I think that gave them a, a good starting point coming in. And so, look, it's again, we are going to probably have to keep you guys. We're not going to do a daily segment or anything, but we're going to have to update you guys pretty much constantly on this. There'll be a lot of twists and turns. I know that's annoying. I know people probably wake up and think, just want some finality, right? Including James Harden and mm -hmm. including the team. But it doesn't appear that that's coming anytime soon. No. No, it certainly doesn't. And quite frankly, with the way the trade market is, like I think these two sides are going to have to deal with each other for at least a little bit. And whether or not there's ever a chance that that can be more than a couple-month um, you know, reunion, a uh, couple-month relationship... I think there's a lot of skepticism from pretty much everyone involved. Like I said, everyone is is in lockstep that nobody really knows how this is going to play out. But um, for two days, it's been a normal, functional, happy franchise. And I do think, you know, you brought up Nick Nurse, and Harden was certainly involved in the um, coaching search. He, he gave his blessing for Nick Nurse. That relationship there, I think, is important. Uh, he, he, he seems, by all intents and purposes, to be interested in playing for Nick Nurse if he had gotten the contract that he wanted. Like this really between the coaching and the city and the, and his teammates, this really just comes down to those contact negotiations and not getting the offer they thought they were going to get before free agency hit. And now neither side really having the trust that the other is going to be bought in long-term. It's just a, it's a shame. It really does speak to just how important open communication is too, right? Yeah. Like by all accounts, no matter so who So you're you saying me to, not talking to you for 24 hours straight <laughs> was maybe not the best thing leading up to this show? I just think that it's clear from both sides that there was a breakdown somewhere. Now, each side has their own spin on it. You know, Daryl will tell you this and the Sixers will tell you this. Harden and his people around him will tell you that. And what they agree on is that something went wrong that – this person was not in touch with this person and James felt a certain way because of the, the time that he spent with Daryl, yeah. you know, he's, I think look, in fairness, they've been together a decade. Yeah. So I, I understand why there are some hurt feelings here. I think certainly both sides will agree that the, the initial breakdown came in the fact that there wasn't communication leading up to free agency. Now, why that, why there was a lack of communication, the two sides will disagree on um, what that lack of communication meant. The two sides will disagree on, but certainly ever since, you know, leading up to June 29th or whatever, there was a breakdown in communication and things have just never been the same since. Yeah. So I look, 
I wish I could give you guys a, a great answer and say James will be traded on October 24th for XYZ, but I, I don't know if James is going to show up. To, days out, that would be pretty freaking incredible, man. I, <laughs> I don't know if James will show up tomorrow and even want to be here. That's the, yep. the whole thing. So that's been interesting. There was a report from uh, Sirit, I don't remember, Sirit Sohi at The Ringer mm -hmm. about James and Daryl's relationship. And I'd say a lot of it is stuff that probably you and mm -hmm. I were already familiar with, but was a good summary of everything that has happened up to this point. And as we said, when we, when our friend, your own Weitzman put out another story on this earlier in the week, I think it's just a clash of two very different personalities that were on the same page for a long time. And because they're so different and they're how they operate and what their value systems are, are so different. Once there was a minor break from the yeah. path, that was all it took to I mean, take the house of cards down. It's real easy to be on the same page when you both agree that James is worth a max contract. Once there's a disagreement in that, things can get ugly real quickly. And I really hate, I, I feel like it's, a, it's reductive to say this is about the money, but it's about the money. And it's also about the respect that, that athletes tie to that money, but it's about the money. It's really, I think, quite that simple. All right, we will finish this show off in a second, but before that, a quick word from FOCO. And again, if you have any questions, drop in the chat. We might have time to get to one or two of them. FOCO is a leading... I saw Jamie was modeling the overalls A lot overalls of FOCO overalls yep. around Philadelphia Great right now. Great for Phillies gay. Phillies um, playoffs. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. With us now squarely in football and tailgating season, and also the playoff run, it means it's time for overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. Foco, Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use a promo code PHLY for 10% off. Yeah, I don't think we're getting into Phillies or Sixers overalls anytime they soon. A, if if, I had if to they guess. win a World Series, you're gonna you're gonna don the overalls? No, maybe a okay. Here's my or something? commitment: if the Sixers, I'm not win making a, a commitment. If by the, the way. Sixers win a title, I will wear a pair of Sixers overalls. How about that? Okay, that's, I think that's a fair fair ask of them after all the so pain. They do put I have everybody to now through. root against them? I don't know. It depends on if you want to see me in overalls or well, not. Well, no, but it, it also depends on, like, that would obviously be great for our show, be great for the city. I have a lot of uh, friends and family who are huge fans. Like, it would be great for them. I, I have many reasons to want the Sixers to win a championship, but now I have one very big reason to hope that they fail. I'm in a uh -huh. real tough spot now. Okay, we have a question from Bill asking, do you see Springer getting minutes? Uh, Springer was name-dropped by Nick today at one point talking about the the types of players and defenders that they have, that Jaden Springer was in a group of, and this is Nick's quote, feisty dudes, and that they have a lot sure. of guys who can get into your chest and want to and can disrupt things with their athleticism. I do still think if you look at who he's being grouped with a lot of the time, I wouldn't say that he's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to be in the rotation, if anything, would be on the fringes. But – does fit in that defense aggressive wheelhouse that Nick really likes. And honestly, I was looking through some of the footage the Sixers posted because we're not seeing tons. Yeah, we at don't all. we don't see jack shit. 
Like we see <laughs> 15 minutes of shooting. Hey, look at that. End. Brian C says, I'd like to see Kyle wear overalls in June. So we have at least one supporter in the chat of okay. uh, me okay. and overalls. Uh, anyway, we did see there was a drill the Sixers went through at some point. And if we ever see this in the game, I'd be flabbergasted. But it was Jaden Springer, Joel Embiid, Paul Reed, and Mo Bamba together, which the three bigs alone is just like an insane concept. The only way you're even theoretically getting close to making that work is putting the two best shooters that you have on no, the team just, on the floor. And that just... If that, if that lineup happened, happening. just kill me now. Just And so we're also going through footage of Tyrese Maxey speed in these practices has been unbelievable his teammates have talked him up pretty much every day danny green today in colorado said something to the effect of his his growth has been tremendous he's obviously been a high character guy all throughout the time dating back to you know kentucky amateur level and has gone up as a shooter like 10% from the time danny was playing with him as a rookie until now yeah he made, made a joke that danny had said that he couldn't shoot <laughs> which I think was taking Danny claims was taken a little bit out of context. He was just saying go under the screens. Yep. Yeah. So rave reviews for Maxi, uh, and even Nick has gotten into the defensive side with him too, saying he's somebody that they can maybe use for some pressure defense. And Tyrese wants to get after it defensively, wants to get better. Now, Derek, as you and I both know, wanting is only part of the battle on the defensive yep. end. There's only so much you can make up for with size and all that, but we're hearing all good things. And there's a long way of saying Jaden Springer is on the radar, but I think still from what we can tell on the periphery. Yeah. And it's like, we'll have so much better of a, an answer for this after Sunday and after four preseason games. Yeah. I wouldn't completely shock me if early on they just gave him a chance just because they need what he can provide so much. And he's so, so unique on this roster. Will he keep it? I don't know. Will Nick give it to him? I don't know. But it wouldn't completely stun me if they, uh, they're they so shorthanded. They also he, have to make a decision on contracts. On it, 100% right? by the end season? of the month. Yeah. Uh, is it before the season or the end of the... Uh, I, should know I never remember if it's the date or the start. Of, right. I think it's the date, if I remember But correctly. yeah, for a team that wants cap space, like that's what, a 4 or $5 million option for next year. That's significant. It's not huge, but it's significant. And we've seen them not, you know, we've seen them decline fourth-year player options because these can escalate pretty quickly in salary. It would be great just to give them a look. Just to, I mean, like I said, everyone else that can sort of hypothetically fill that role, even just looking at a wing player, you know, Ubre, House, they're sort of known commodities. You know what you're getting. You know their upside. You know their downside. A lot of downside, especially in Ubre. Give them a shot. Just see if if there's anything there. Um, will he, like I said, will he stick? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, well, depending on what happens with James, there also might be a, a just giant opportunity minutes-wise that they need to fill, and yeah. that's going to be put together by committee. I think we have a, a good question here from Ishmael. Um, why would James need to live up? Uh, why, why To live up? To, to uh, ramp up for live drills. I'm, I can't read. I'm sorry. You're expecting <laughs> way too much. It's like half your job. The other part is talking, and you couldn't do either there. So I think there's an easy explanation for this is, you know, there is um, all, all the other players, or at least most of your players, have been in in Camden for weeks, if not a yes. month, playing, scrimmaging, you know, informal. Coaches can't really have too much for saying that, but playing five-on-five -five basketball, 
James. Just like there's out. no tampering in the NBA, right. there's also these are no completely completely voluntary right. workouts. Yeah, James has not been participating. I'm not making any accusations at the Sixers, by the way. I'm, I'm making accusations on every team in the league. I, I, yeah, I mean, I grew up playing. I played high school sports and everything else, and it's like right. you knew voluntary stuff was not right. voluntary then. Yep. So then, imagine being a professional athlete. No, I mean, I had the same thing playing high school football. He said, "Yeah, these workouts are voluntary, but it's also voluntary whether I play you." You know. <laughs> now, James isn't the same because a little bit different. I, neither one of us was James Harden, put right. it that way. You don't know. You don't know. I, I do know, Derek. <laughs> or you wouldn't be sitting next to me right now. <laughs> no, I'd be retired on an island sipping them. Anyway. Um, it's playing five on five scrimmaging, even in formal one, is completely different than playing, um, you know, sh- doing shooting drills with a coach. Like you just can't really replicate it until you're doing it. It's the first time he's playing in that kind of a structured environment. It makes sense that it would take him a little bit of time. That isn't, isn't even really a, a statement that he's not in shape or he didn't take his offseason seriously. It's just different. Yeah, I, I mean, by all accounts, he came in in good shape. He looks right I, again. We we saw we him just for saw maybe him like two minutes. Yeah, and it was for it was for very brief, and then he was off the court. Um, but he looks he looks good. Yeah, looks good. doesn't appear impacted by the altitude, which uh, Harry in the chat asked us. I've how been to... fine, but that's mostly because the jeep that we rented has been doing <laughs> fine too. I'm not exactly exerting myself. We have not had to ride bikes or go on runs. There is or a do bike anything. shop right across the street. I think I'm good. We're out of here okay. tomorrow evening. So I, buying a bike for 24 hours essentially doesn't seem like the wisest purchase I would have ever made. Did you ever consider doing like a cross-country bike? I have I have known people Hell that have tried no. it. No? Okay. Hell no. I mean, I have a decent bike that I don't ride it as much in the city anymore. I just city bike riding is not really Sucks. for yeah. me. I like trail riding, but yeah, I've, I've, I can't say fallen off the horse because it's a bike. I've... <laughs> Fallen off the bike, I guess. Whatever the euphemism would be for that. You don't ride your bike as much. As you <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all I'm trying to get out here. Um, the other part of it with Harden, too, that someone brought up, uh, don't want him pulling a hammy or anything. There is the the motivation for them to not have him get hurt if they're going to trade him, right? Like if, sure. if James gets hurt, then all of a sudden no, it's if, like if you got a disgruntled and injured James Harden, like you're not getting a first round pick. Yeah, so I think they're not ever going to say that, but I would imagine that's part of the calculus that they're going to be extra careful. And look, frankly, I'm sure they're not expecting James is pissed off enough as it is. They're not going to try to run him into the ground at training camp right. after this summer right. of discontent, so to speak. Any other real quick takeaways from uh Camp here well, I'm getting asked by people, any good Colorado munchies since uh, there was a bunch of weed Honestly, that taco yesterday. truck the other day was pretty I was going to so this will definitely make me sound like I was smoking some reefer, <laughs> but I found a taco truck in the parking lot of a Sam's Club that was a walk, it's walking distance from where we're staying. And the way you know that it was good is that it's five stars, but there's a, on like Google, Yelp, wherever but a very small amount of ranking. So right. it's not like a tourist trap sort of deal. You walk up and their version of storage for the drinks was a bunch of coolers on the ground with Euritos and all kinds of other, you know, things that you would want to drink with Mexican food. And they had some wonderful tacos that honestly, I was going to ask Derek after this, if he wanted to go over there again to, get some it was food. Pretty good. So. It was pretty good. Uh, we had a good meal uh, last night. It's, you know, I don't think I always 
don't get to eat as much of like the, the great local spots as I want to, because I feel like you're always behind when you're on a trip like this. And a lot of my travel tends to be work related. So I, I really, it, it kind of pisses me off. That pisses me off, but it's frustrating. I'd like to, to experience more of the local dining. That taco truck was good. I'd definitely go back there. Well, and Sam Amick, who, if you guys are not familiar with, longtime national NBA guy, it's at the Athletic currently. He said to us earlier today, he's like, you know, earlier this week, I was thinking I'm going to eat local and find some cool spots. And then yesterday after we were done, I was like, man, I just really want Chipotle. And it was just like one of those things where yeah. it's like when you're on the road and you're busy and you're running yeah. around and doing different things, sometimes it's just, you know what you want. You want the familiarity. Yeah. And I think that honestly, it's a big thing with players too. Mm -hmm. Like you, a lot of players are like, I remember Markel Fultz was a big Benny Hanna guy, okay. which that was really hyper-specific. Cause I feel like Benny Hanna was, that's kind of like an eighties, early nineties thing where it was really popular. So I don't know how it, survived long enough for Markel to be right. Mr. Benihana. But yeah, a lot of these guys, there was a story a while back that Cheesecake Factory is like the yep. NBA place because the menu is absolutely enormous and they know that there will be a Cheesecake Factory right. in every city. So And like 70% of the menu might be mediocre, but you'll find something that they do well. Yeah, I don't want to, no, I'm not going to disparage any chains because you never know who could be a sponsor one day. <laughs> I would say Cheesecake Factory outside of the cheesecake would not be high atop my rankings. Look, I've you, actually had arguments with Kendall about if it. If you don't want me to disparage you, give us money. It works. Hey, exactly. It works. You want, if you want us to sing your praises, I'm happy to, but you got to cut the check. That's the deal. One more here from Paul Kim. What do you predict the starting lineup to be? So, Derek, actually, you had an inclination based on a small bit of footage that we saw earlier yeah. of the so lineup combination. Nick has been breaking the team down into five or four groups of five. And there was a couple clips there where there was a blue team and a, a gray team. And the blue team was the starters. You had Embiid, you had Maxi, and you did then have Melton on that squad, and you had Tucker wearing a gray jersey. Does that really mean anything? No, but we've talked before where it seemed like when Nick was asked about this in the past, he gave sort of like non-committal answers, which tends to, you know, maybe give a little bit of lean you towards the challenger, not the incumbent. Mm -hmm. I do think the way Nick kind of plays, he wants to get out there and run. He wants to force turnovers. He wants more ball handlers. I think that probably lends itself to Melton. I would guess, and this is based on nothing but, you know, maybe a little bit of tea leaf reading. If I had to guess, it would be Harden, uh, Maxi, Melton, Tobias, and Embiid. Yeah, and look, if they're going to play this ball movement, body movement, more cutting type of Melton offense. Melton fits better. Melton fits way yeah. better. There's actually a, a clip somewhere on Sixers Twitter. I don't know where it is, but of Maxi running point and running a pick and roll and then Melton cutting off the corner and scoring a layup. And look, that just, God bless PJ Tucker for everything he's done, everything he can do defensively in the corner three shooting. But when we saw him try to cut in from the corner and score at the rim last year. Now, not graceful. Now, not that the Anthony is, you know, Michael Jordan finishing around the rim or anything, but just the, the pace at which he can get there lends itself to, all right, he might be able to get some open layups that PJ getting there would take, I don't know, half the shot clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Paul Kim just mentioned he subscribed to us, uh, just subscribed to us. We appreciate that. Again, if you're listening on audio, go check us out. PHLY Sports on YouTube. We publish five days a week, a little more interactive here on the YouTube stream. Hit the bell notification. You can get notifications for when we uh, 
when we stream. And obviously always hit the thumbs up on the stream. And yeah, I'll, certainly I'll if you're right now, if you're thank one you of our, <laughs> if you're one of our video people, which thank you all to you guys that are with us all the time. We have a lot of regular chatters now. I find that very cool. Also hey. subscribe to the audio feed helps us out a lot. PHLI yeah. Sixers. If you look that up. On Look, wherever if you, you can, get your podcast. Watch it on video and also download it on your podcast. We'll players. take all the views. Yeah. Uh, all the views are good. But yeah, it's it's been a real joy to have you guys. Look at that. We have Akil in the comments saying make sure y'all go hit that like button. Yeah. Got all the support from these wonderful people. So it is, I will say it is fun interacting with everybody on the show. It's a yeah, good it's, value add. It's sure. very humbling that that people spend and we, a part of every single day yeah. with us. I think that's extremely cool. Makes so. me a little bit concerned about what else you don't have going on in your life, but we appreciate it. No, you. I, I wouldn't say you. that. We have people checking in from their jobs and internships and everything else. Just so. Be safe. Don't don't get fired over us. Don't get fired. You can yeah. always put it in a tab so your boss can't see it so that's yep. that's all i would say there all right sounds good thank you kyle for jumping on we'll have one more of these shows here one quick one from brennan before we go asked what is playing time for the main guys kyle, look like i'm trying for to Sunday? get i'm trying to get those tacos Come i on. understand so brennan we don't exactly know yet that's probably a question that'll come up tomorrow final day of training mm -hmm. camp what are they looking at for pt but now we're heading out of here, right? And once again, thank you to the wonderful people at Colorado State for hosting us. Shout out Restoration 360. Yep. And we will see you guys at some point tomorrow.